365 days of sport. That's right, it's another edition of 365 Days of Sport. It is officially the greatest sports radio show on the planet. And to my right, a man who is celebrating yet again, but after 1999's America's Cup victory, he celebrated so hard, he mm. fell into Kelly Tarleton's aquarium oh, and was word. ravaged by clownfish. That's yeah. Rob Bryce. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do a, they do a great service, those clownfish. Um, but yes, congratulations to New Zealand yes, and indeed. America's Cup victory. It was a great what a performance. I tell you what I did this week. What did you do? Thought, well, what, what can you do to pick me up? Maybe, maybe, am I as smart as I think I am? And I, am I really as much of a genius as I thought? And I just uh, randomly started taking a couple of online IQ tests. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guess what? What? I'm a genius. Oh, yeah. Would just, you believe it? No. I, I took three of them just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first one I thought, just in case it was a fluke. First score, 140. Oh, jeez. 140. Over 140 is, is the beginning of genius. Right. Yeah. I set another one. Yeah. 160. Oh, my word. Guess what? Guess who that's equivalent to? Stephen Hawking. Einstein. Oh, Einstein. Yeah. So there we go. And then for the third one, just to make sure, I took like a longer one, yep. read in depth. 134. Oh, so you're averaging out about 140. So basically 434 divided by 3 is 144.66. That's, that's what I just so there said. we go. Bang, bang. So yep. one, it rounds up to 145. Okay. Yeah. Nice. What do you think about that? I'm amazed. Uh, no, I'm, like, but not surprised. Just, just like, just you, amazed. You thought that? You, what did you think I'd get? You didn't think I'd be a genius? I know you're a man of the world, Rob. Yeah, casually I, in my I, spare time, everyone, I'm a genius. Oh, what are you drinking? You're on still on the Guinness. G for genius, G for Guinness. Oh, yeah, it's all coming together. Did yeah. you get it from Dan Murphy's, Rob? I got it from Dan Murphy's again. The fourteen dollar uh, sixer. It just keeps going. This Dan is a, almost an entire month. Love Dan Murphy's. I'm saving so much money. Or I'm, are you? Or are you, or are you drinking <laughs> more? Well, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. What other amazing news do you have for us this week? Um, the 365 Days of Sport Geelong uh, Supercats under 14 basketball. They're not, they're not going too well. Yep. Oh. They were started off the season quite well, but they just lost to Coburg 68-53. And uh, the coach, Big Francis, says they need to work on defence. Okay. So they're seventh in the table. <laughs> So we, we might disown them. That's his assessment. Yeah. yeah, really? That, that's, how, yeah. that's how we work here at yeah, 365. Yeah. We don't stick with them. We just back as the soon winners. As, yeah. so, I like um, this. I like this. So yeah. we're talking about losers. There was a UFC fight this week or last weekend. Ooh. UFC, two women. They're yeah. fighting for the strawweight world championship. So uh, Justine... Straw. So where's that in the rank? Is that like pretty light. ultimate wiener? Probably 50, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's about that. 50, okay. 46 to 50. Just near enough a, near enough a sort of midget dwarf sort of circus. <laughs> the midget so dwarf. Carnies, they're really yeah, small, yeah, those yeah, midget yeah, dwarfs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those, are the, those are the guys that pose for trophies, aren't they? The midget dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Justine Kirsch against Felice Herrig. But Felice Herrig got Justine Kirsch in a naked chokehold. Ooh. What, what, what? So, I don't know what that means, but that, it's I, I like can't a, imagine it means they're taking their clothes off. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, it's just sort of some but sort of technical term. saying that, mm. she could have, because she choked her so hard, yeah. Justine shit herself. I saw this. Did you? Yes. You finally saw I, some I saw sport. the uh, alternative commentary collective. They posted it on, oh, uh, did they? on Facebook. Here's the interview with uh, Felice mm. as the follow-up. Did you know that that happened when it happened? Oh, uh, this is so hard because I don't want to talk shit. <laughs> uh, Literally. I mean, I did know. I don't know. This is really hard. I really like Justine. Justine and I were cool. We're friends. And I, I feel like if I was in this position, I wouldn't want people, like, talking about it and, and like, making fun of me. Because, I don't know, if that happened to me, I honestly... 
I wouldn't want to show my face ever again. I probably wouldn't want to fight ever again. And I just, you know, I know Justine's making light of it. She made a funny tweet about it, saying, like, shit happens. But I, I, just, I feel like I just can't even talk about it. Sorry. It, it happens. <laughs> she she said shit happens. <laughs> It does. It does. What can you do? Proved it. I don't look down upon the person for that. I mean, no, uh, she, it, it can happen. It can. It's like that walker in the Olympics. But uh, you're right. I, mm. I was going to touch on the fact the referee just walked straight through it, and I thought, yeah, yeah that's it. And then <laughs> the uh, the actual camera does a double take as well about yeah. what's... Oh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. It went out <laughs> there of there. Is this the right time to say she took it on the cheek? Ooh. Turn the other cheek. Turn the other... I don't yeah. know. It doesn't quite Anyway. Fit. That's why I'm not very good at puns. No. You didn't even get it. That's it. Talking yeah. of puns, All right. the World Taekwondo Federation mm-hmm. have had to change their name. Really? Because apparently everyone in the world is now 12. Because the World Taekwondo Federation, their initials of WTF, Ooh. which has negative connotations. Yeah, in- that can that's uh, taken on a whole new thing. Yeah, you're right. It has taken on a whole new thing. Yeah. So they now call themselves World Taekwondo. That's a bit, that's a They've bit more sensible. They dropped the F. They dropped the F. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon the pun. Okay, well, there yeah. we go. That makes sense. Being so they've been called the, the World Taekwondo Federation since mm-hmm. 1973. Obviously, those were more innocent right. times. So, so far, great quality news of really highbrow stuff. We've had a woman uh, losing control of her bowels, uh, yes. and we've had uh, an acronym that's now changed to something really offensive. So they've gone back to something less offensive. Yeah. What about this one then? Chelsea, they have decided they're going to loan their you star youngster out to Swansea City mm. instead of Newcastle. Why? Because the nightlife in Newcastle may be a bit too uh, oh. glamorous for Tammy right. Abraham okay. to go along. Sort Might be a, just a bit, uh, you know. Subtle discipline, sort of. Now, I've been out in Swansea a number oh. of times. Yep. You don't want to go out in Swansea, that's for sure. Is that right? Yeah, it's awful. Okay. So they obviously been watching Geordie Shaw and decided, mm. no, that's not nah. good for our striker. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll look after we him. We want someone who's going to... Well, they're not, not at all behind our greatest sporting benders philosophy. No. Of, like trying to bring back a boozing, yeah. disgraceful culture back into sports. Especially when so you're 19. So, yeah. Yeah. So I they're guess. looking after him. So, uh, yeah, they're not keen for him to go to Newcastle. So they've <laughs> sent him to Swansea now. Okay. A lot of my mates... That will be listening to this now will be thinking, mm. yeah, Swansea probably Swansea, uh, a bit messy. He's not keen a bit for feral. Uh, so yeah, that's a bit bizarre. Brian Habana. Brian Habana, yes. the South African rugby uh, winger. The winger. What's he done? Well, he took a DNA test mm. for a bit of a laugh. Okay. And they found out that he was lactose intolerant. Oh, he hadn't come across that before. No, he's 33. And he wondered why he was uh, a bit farty after um, uh, having milk and cheese. Well, I guess if you're just a bit flatulent, I mean, lots of things can do that. I'll tell you what, I had some uh, beef brisket for dinner last night. Oh, with really? Lots of sauce. That got things going. So okay. the quote from uh, Brian was, uh, it was something I wasn't expecting. I was pretty flabbergasted about it. My wife has been complaining about wind since we've been married. Ah. And now I probably know the reason. Now you got the reason. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, it's just not horrendous um, sort of symptoms. It's not like he's no. breaking down. It's not like his whole body's swollen up. and. Yeah. You know, he's turned into the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man or anything like that. Well, he's, he actually says that he may have affected his fitness, So, uh, but uh, he's a winger, so he doesn't mm. have to do long distance, so it's, right. it's helped him. Yeah. He's still very, very fast. Yes, he's still, yeah. he he wants to play the next World Cup, which is only obviously a couple of years away. Yeah. So uh, He'll push through, I think. Brilliant. Oh, well, that's great news. We've had lots of bodily functions. We've had, <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of bodily functions. Yeah, I didn't realise yeah. that. Good. Well done, Beefy. That's all right. Well, thank, I, you know, I strive for the best news yeah, that yeah. Uh, we possibly can, because it's, <laughs> it's all about sport, isn't it? I'll tell you what. 
what we'll do. We'll, mm. We've got a guest tonight. Oh, my word. We've actually I know. found a guest. We've found someone who's... So, someone's confirmed and turned up for the night. Confirmed and turned up, which my is... My word. We're not used to this sort of etiquette. Two out of two, which is a bit rare. <laughs> a lot of people confirm, then don't come. Yeah. A lot of people just don't come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Brian Clark, who is the CEO of AFL International. I've known Brian a couple of years now because we took a Welsh team into the uh, Aussie Rules World Cup in 2015, Mm -hmm. and uh, we beat the mighty Dutch... Yep. And the mighty Ethiopians, because they were the two Aussie rules powerhouses there. Sure. Lost to Macedonia. Right. Lost to Australia, the Aboriginal uh, the boys that turned out for Australia. Yeah. So uh, put up a good fight, though, considering yeah, yeah. 21 out of our 25 were actually born and bred and sure. raised in Wales. So it's uh, pretty well, good. Welcome to the show, Brian. Lovely to have you here. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And, and where do you recall some of these matches that Beefy's talking about? Were you, were you an organiser of a loan or were you partaking as well? No, I was organising the, yeah. the team and, and, uh, mm. and helped to train the Welsh boys and the Dutch boys yeah, who yeah. trained together over the summer. And there was an interesting um, and unique uh, skill set on display. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, it was really pleasing to see that the guys that didn't really have much of a background actually um, improved rapidly over the summer. It was very good. Right, right. Uh, at the Beef Van, you played full forward, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to play anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. How, I, how, did, how did he stack up? Right. So he was an inspirational leader on the field. Yeah, yeah. He raves and raves about the size of his punt, so I was surprised he could have at least gone in the half forward sort of area, oh, kick from that 50. Mean, that means you strength. run. Um, goal a game, by the way, in that World okay. Cup. Four games. At full forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's well all, you know, all you need to know. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, now, yeah. the one big thing, Brian has been around the world basically promoting the sport of Aussie rules. South America, Europe, uh, spent a lot of time in the UK trying to uh, develop the sport. And um, Brian obviously saw an idea quite a while ago mm. to bring in small-sided Aussie rules. So basically, seven-side or nine-side mm. on smaller pitches. And obviously, being in Europe and South America, a lot of soccer pitches and rugby yep, pitches. Yep, yep. So to have a game that is formatted based mm. on these fields and d- develop a, a new style of Australian rules football that right. that can be taken around the world. Okay, what are we looking at here, Brian? You want to break it down for us? Yeah, so basically, um, pitched this idea uh, about fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, pitched it to a lot of people, including including the AFL, and then we went over to the UK. I was based there for five years, and when I arrived, I saw a lot of teams playing on um, in the middle of nowhere. They'd play like in a common in, in, in London, and you'd have to mark the field from scratch, and you have to put up posts and dig holes, and mm-hmm. but there'd be no change rooms, there'd be no toilet there'd be no showers there were no facilities for girlfriends or for sponsors right so I saw all these rugby clubs just sitting there and mm. thought, well, here we go. So um, we um, created a, a nine-a-side National League, played on rugby fields. Mm-hmm. A rugby fields just sit there in the summer and do nothing. Yeah. So we said to the rugby fields, let us play double headers here. We'll bring a load, a lot of Aussies and a few Poms as well. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they'll obviously go to the bar afterwards. Yeah. When you go to rug- rugby club and you just use the existing field, use yeah. the existing posts, mm-hmm. and you've got facilities for the players and for the spectators. So it was just a no-brainer and it was a huge success. Okay. You've got to use the existing posts. So do you put the behind posts up? Or? Well, well, we have in the past. So what, what we did when we started was we would put the behind posts up and I've umpired over 100 games of nine-a-side footy yeah. around the world. Mm. What we, we've come to realise is that going forward, having the point posts is, is, is pointless for a number of reasons. One, it's just too easy to score. You just mm. take it out of the guts and have a ping and you've scored, which a lot of countries that are not used to footy
really ri- ridicule. I know the Kiwis really ridicule us uh, getting rewarded for missing the goal. Um, the other thing too is that it's another level of gear that you have to go and source. You've got to go and find some point posts. So by getting rid of the point posts, we've come up with a, uh, the version of the game called Footy Nines, where you can play nine aside, three defenders, three midfielders, three forwards, mm-hmm. and that's the way to go internationally. Okay, we look at uh, the states as well. Yeah, obviously there, there's a burgeoning kind of AFL scene in the states. I know good friends of mine. They're now playing for New York Magpies, national champions last year. So a big hello to Ryan Willsmore and Chris Tyler, formerly of SEN. He uh, he's up there playing as well. So it's interesting how the AFL actually made ESPN news headlines this week. Mm-hmm. The Sydney Swans and the Essendon Bombers. Essendon plus two thirty-five. They're a huge underdog. Back in possession, Sydney. Presenters Stanford Steve and Scott Van Pelt left baffled by some of the rules. There's some kicking and some catching, right? And the goals are worth six. And and what I, I think really the problem was Essendon when the ball got knocked out of bounds, he. The, the official, the referee, they zing it back in over their heads, and then once uh, once Sydney got it back, then they, they got to kick it down there. When the guy catches it, that sets up the uncontested kick. Referees very active in Aussie rules football. In the post-match singing of the team, so some really short, short singing songs. Think they were drinking after this one? Maybe during. <laughs> what just happened? You know, my first memories of ESPN are from the early 1980s. My grandfather's TV got this channel that broadcast only sports, and it showed a lot of weird stuff like roller derby and the strangely captivating Australian rules football, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a blend of rugby and mugging someone. I kind of liked it, but could not figure out the rules. So with that, here's a look at tonight's top down under. Oh, yes, here we go. Gold Cuss, Coast Suns, North Melbourne Kangaroos. Lindsey Thomas just mossed that defender and crashes to the ground. Here's how it sounded. Lindsey Thomas feeding for him, start getting there. Oh. That is an absolute ripper. I don't know what a ripper is, but I like it. Despite this great catch, the Roos lost 125 to 70. Riding that dude there, right? Collingworth and Hawthorne, Travis Cloak. Look at the stiff arm right oh. there. Doosh. Get up off me. So much determination, dude. And then he turns around and kicks it in from a 53 yards out. Like Marshawn Lynch and Jan Skenerud all in one. Vicious stiff arm. And again, we have no idea what that counts for, but it was good. And you know what? Hilarity and funky music and sound effects. It knows no geographical bounds. Western Bulldogs taking on Carlton. Two Carlton players bobble the ball back and forth, giving up an opportunity for an easy score. Give the handball away. Oh, Levi wasn't looking. It ricocheted back to Wood. Levi took his hands off the ball. No, no, no. That's not a noise. This is a noise. <laughs> Do you remember the official who would stand in between the goals and... Yes. I missed that. <laughs> well, the, that's a great rundown. Yes. Yeah. So the one thing actually you can draw from this is it has a worldwide appeal, even mm. novelty value, but the more people look at this sport in amazement, the more they need or want to get involved and to bring it to them on a, an acceptable level is what you know, you've been trying to do. 
Absolutely. I've been lucky enough to go to over 50 countries uh, doing what I do, promoting the game. And uh, I've coached and umpired in a lot of those countries. And the key is that participation drives support. People aren't going to support a new game unless they can play it. We've had three major barriers to our game going international. One is the sheer size of the ground. Uh, Beefy, you know from your time in Wales, where are you going to find an Australian football-sized ground? Yeah, yeah you, you can't. Virtually, virtually nowhere in Europe can you do that. And people look at the UK and say, oh, there's cricket grounds everywhere. There's not one curator in the UK that will let you on this hallowed, hallowed turf. He'll chase you off with no the Not in winter. Definitely not there's, in winter. There's no way. So the, yeah, size right. of, the size of the ground is a massive barrier. Mm. Two, the sheer army you've got to recruit. You've got to get 18 players. Then you've yeah. got to find another 18 players. Mm. Then you've got to find six umpires. So you're getting towards 50 people. And the third barrier is the perception that you're going to get your head taken off, that it's a very, very rough sport. So we found that we're speaking to parents and speaking to schools. Uh, Aussie rules, uh, Aussie rules, no rules, no, you can't come in. We've been doing this, the, the promoting the seven, the nine aside for over 15 years is that it's very important to have a non-contact version. So when you go into a school, uh, the boys and the girls can play together. Mm. Um, so you're giving everybody an opportunity because it's half of your market, of course. So why would you yep. exclude them? Of course. Um, and with a touch version, you get around that perception that it's violent. Um, once they get a taste of it, they, they love it. And mm. our game has got a massive, massive future internationally. Yeah, well, the thing is, when I look at a comparison of, say, Rugby Union, which is not very big here at all, really. I think people will certainly be being, being from New Zealand. I don't think New Zealand realises how small a sport it is here in Australia. Yeah. However, internationally, it's pretty well anchored in every single country people seem to play and that's yeah. where Aussie Rules has got its biggest well, it's, challenge ahead of its, yeah. itself and, and obviously Rugby Union is probably the biggest oval ball sport in the going, world oh, in terms of participation yeah. not in terms of money because the NFL is king look the, the one thing that Rugby Union has proved the inclusion of Rugby Sevens yeah. into the Olympics has opened up so many mm. doors for emerging nations all of a sudden we're seeing Russia take into rugby because they only need a certain amount of people mm. Uganda Kenya yeah. loves Sevens Portugal Mm. Um, Canada won the Hong Kong Sevens this year. Really? What? I could well, be that's wrong. What I mean, have... As soon as I read about this, the nines, I, I was comparing it to the Rugby Union Sevens straight yep. away. It's the same idea. We've deliberately called it footy nines to, to, to be very similar to Rugby Sevens. Mm. We haven't gone with footy sevens because this, you know, people are associating sevens with rugby, so we've gone with yeah. nines to yeah, get yeah. their own sort of unique angle. But what uh, World Rugby has done, I take my hat off to them because a whole generation of people watched the Olympics in Rio and said, wow, you know, I can actually approach my National Olympic Committee for funding mm. because rugby sevens is an Olympic sport. Now, if you take World Rugby, the 15-a-side version, has that got a future internationally? Is it going to grow in a rapid way? No, yeah. it's a very hard and physical and technical game to play. And we feel that footy nine with the right vision and investment mm. can do the same. We're not talking it's going to happen next year. We're not saying it's going to happen in four years. But with the 20-year vision, I mean, take uh, IOC have just uh, announced some new sports. Some of the sports they've announced, you couldn't pay me to watch. Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit biased because I do love my footy. But some of these sports, you shake your head. When we have the world's greatest game, we've got to have a bit of vision and a bit of courage to take it overseas. I tell you what is a, a big, big thing, which is very important for me. In terms of spectator and the, having a great event to go along to, you got to make it heavily booze-oriented. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolute yeah. smash fest. If you go to, like, Dubai and see the, the, okay, sorry, well, the Sevens, that was just mayhem. Yeah. Dress up, fancy dress, 
craziness and, and embrace it. The, the one thing actually is imagine seeing a footy nines tournament over mm. a weekend where absolutely you know it would be non-stop yeah, it'll be and a uh, ripping. And look, I remember uh, beefy in in uh, your home country. I went to the Ashes uh, in Wales. I sat there and there was I looked around the crowd. There were three guys dressed up in full scuba gear with flippers and masks. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. Of, uh, they were ready for a downpour. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. it, it was wet too, so my head off to them. But you know yeah. it, it, that funster element that we need to have that to something like a footy nines tournament where people can have some beers, people can dress up because yeah, yeah. sport these days is not sport like it used to be. Certainly Inter- not. No. no, it's entertainment. I, I, are you going? Is he going where I think he's going? Right I hope now? so. Greatest sporting benders. What have you got for us, Rob? Well, I've just been trying to avoid normal sports, been trying to avoid singing out one athlete, but one clicked on to my, my mind today. I haven't got a specific story about anyone's okay. story, but I'm just going to get the vibe of this guy across. And um, all I can say is that this is where we're headed right now. Chris Gale, man. Chris Gale is a champion. That, of course, is DJ Bravo with one of the great songs. Of course, he mentions Chris Gale as good friend. Chris Gale, as I'm sure we've all seen over the years, is he loves well, he, he, he gets, loves life. He loves life. He yep. has fun. He's smiling. He hits a big ball. He's, he doesn't take anything too seriously. So I've got, I've got this a uh, bit of a uh, recording here of oh, uh, yeah. Chris Gale going for a, giving a quick tour of his uh, pad and Kingston oh, nice. up on the hills. Yep. And this will give you a, a bit of a idea of of what Chris Gale gets up to in his spare time. Job well done, you know. I mean, I'm really happy. You know, we set out a target to actually win three home games, and we did that. What's the plan for this evening? Ah, uh, there's a party at the house. <laughs> party on! <laughs> Welcome to CG Mansion, Chris Hill House. I'm gonna give you a small tour, not a big tour. You know, right now we're on the pool level, swimming pool, looking at Kingston, beautiful Kingston, all the Kingston. We got it here from CG Mansion. Let's check out the entertainment room. We are very lucky to see some ladies here. Miss Universe ladies. So, ladies, say hi to the camera. Ah, oh, yeah, they're playing a bit of pool, you know? So, this is not swimming pool, this is pool, okay? Oh, there they are. Isn't she nice? Eh? Look at that, beautiful smile. She said, I'm naughty. I'm a naughty boy. She see? I'm naughty. Your storm is naughty. Yeah? Hey, this is where me and my lady steam. Let's go back to the universe, ladies, and let's see what happens. Uh, I think they like me, you know what I'm saying? I have a, I have a strip club, but it's a strip club in his house. It's a bit private, but let's see what happens. I'm the bartender for the night. Appleton, Appleton again. That's round one. Too easy. Don't watch this one. I'm going to kiss her on the lips. Look at it. Hey. She doesn't want to act inside. I don't want to kiss her in her lips. <laughs> See? My lady. <laughs> Look at these two beautiful ladies. Yeah. I'm with the two beautiful Miss Universe ladies. Ladies, can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I am Sadie Phillips, and I'm Miss Taxi Entertainment. Hi, I'm Ebro, and I'm Miss Airbnb Hi, I'm Chris Gill, and I'm in love with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. 
So there we go. That's uh, brilliant. That's that's Chris Gale. And it's not surprising that sometime later, or not so long, a couple of years ago, he was interviewed after a T Twenty match here in Australia mm. and caused a lot of controversy as he cracked on to uh, Mel McLaughlin, the yeah. uh, the reporter. I I loved this incident. It was just brilliant. Uh, the the main thing that I remember is, is he he has a crack. Yeah. And in the background, you can hear like Mark War yeah, yeah. and uh, who's the main Ponting. Well, Mark Ponting. They're all laughing their ass off. Yeah. And they think it's hilarious and then all of a sudden obviously the producer gets in their air a few yeah. minutes later going oh the, the, fem- the fem- feminists are going off <laughs> and we're and pro, they, pro-feminist we on are show. pro-feminist on the show yep. I've got to play it incredibly aggressive approach for you two it looks like you're absolutely just smashing this innings yeah definitely um, I mean I want to come and have an interview with you as well that's the reason why I'm here so just to see your eyes for the first time it's nice so hopefully we win this game and we can have a drink after don't blush baby <laughs> I'm not blushing um did you any injuries? Did you have the boys were saying maybe you picked up a bit of a twinge in your hamstring? Yeah, no, it's my back. Um, I've been, you know, struggling with my back. Um, <laughs> the weather kind of actually flared up, flared up a bit. So, you know, just to get some busy work and hopefully I finish the tournament. So I'm looking forward to go recover well and look in your eyes. I'm going to leave it on that note. Well done. Thanks. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> One of the more extraordinary interviews we've ever seen on network television. <laughs> That's quite right. What do you, do you recall that one, Brian? You oh, look, I, re- I recall that. I thought it was great. It was great sport. It was great entertainment. And I thought it was a storm in a teacup. We get yeah. offended by anything these days. Yeah. And there was nothing to be offended by. I think all it was was that she was clearly not all that amused mm. by the thing. It's the sort of thing that I look at it and I say, um, if, if I was in her position, would, would I have a crack at Mel McLaughlin? No, I certainly wouldn't. Or if you put someone like Ricky Pontine or, yeah. or Adam Gilchrist there, were they, could they get away with that? No, definitely no. not. But a six foot six, six West Indian. <laughs> guy yeah. that laughs and has a stripper pole in his, in yeah. his house yeah. Yeah. and it's just it doesn't take anything seriously at all no. it makes complete sense for him to do that yeah oh it was no. very funny it was very funny <laughs> he it, it, in all seriousness he is there for that entertainment value well now he's been banned uh, oh, much. nobody nobody will touch him now because oh, uh, crazy. and yet he's the best 2020 player in the world mm. the what? worst thing is about that if he'd have genuinely meant it if he was genuinely leching on her but I mean if she felt embarrassed if she felt he was was taking advantage of her then it's a different story but it's Chris Gale you know you should know what to expect exactly here's his apology it's all you know meant to to be disrespectful to Mel nor offended and then you be quiet and let me finish there wasn't anything meant to be disrespectful or offended to Mel and if she felt that way you know then I'm really sorry for that um, there wasn't any harm you know meant in that particular way you know, to harm any particular person so that's that and then this happened about only a few weeks later he's at another uh, Premier League type uh, big yeah. match type of arrangement in India or something and he's talking to Tom Moody here we hope to see the best of you tonight good luck ok cheers Tom don't blush Tom <laughs> <laughs> But he was really sorry. But Tom, was- Tom Moody was deeply offended by that <laughs> and demanded an apology. <laughs> so anyway, I haven't actually got... In, there's no actual stories you of Chris Gelsman, but you just know. That's the guy you want to get involved with. You've highlighted yeah. everything we need to know. Yeah, and, and Brian, this is the attitude. This is what you need within the fans and the culture surrounding. Not necessarily if you obviously you want a, a high standard of athlete, but in and around if you want to make AFL go global, you need to encourage the great sporting well, bender. Well, you, you need characters as well. Yeah. You, you need people that that people are going to want to follow yeah and i think in today's sport no matter what sport it is we've got a lot of robots who yeah. so yeah, take yeah, it yeah. one week at a time and they're reading the media managers uh, yeah. briefing notes people Perhaps like rather than introduce fines yeah. introduce rewards rewards <laughs> flip it on its head yeah yeah, yeah rewards. Mate, that guy went out till six in the morning smashed it 
and then he's up. He's played a ripping game on top of it. Well done. We're not going to rip a reminder from next week. No, no. What do you think about that? Uh, that's interesting. We'll give that to the committee to look at. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, uh, Brian, I mean, you've been around the world. You've seen some uh, interesting uh, drinking behaviour in terms of around sport. What stands out? Which one story stands out in terms of, like, Rob, as he fires up another Guinness? Yeah, look, I, I like to do try a local beer when I'm uh, yeah. overseas because, you know, when in Rome, there are, there are plenty of stories. There was one we were in South Africa. We took a team called the Convicts, uh, made up Ooh. of uh, Australian amateur footballers. Okay. We all basically met at the airport sporting. and yep. got to know each other. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a couple of young blokes from country Victoria who had never been on a plane before. My word. Not even on a plane. And they were flying. Um, but this was the previous trip. So we we're flying to Europe. This is when we flew to Europe. We've yeah. been to a couple of different continents. So we went to Europe with the convicts. And uh, the woman came down with the trolley and said, would you like it? Would you like a drink? And had the little bottles of Bacardi and Jim Beam. Oh, yeah, yeah that's why, yeah. And uh, he, he got out his wallet and he said, how much? And oh. she, goes, she goes, oh, they're free. they're free. And we never forget. He said, he's 19. He goes, free? <laughs> Uh, two hours later, they cut him off. He was yeah. passed out, dribbling on his uh, shoulder, and um, never right. forget that. It was very, very funny. So he managed to knock over those little bottles, because they could be quite frustrating, those little bottles. Oh, can they? Yeah, well, you only get you have to keep them coming all the time. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were coming, don't worry. Yeah. In fact, it was so bad, they cut off the whole team, because it was oh. like he was a disgrace. Oh, classy. Yeah. I'll tell you what was fantastic. My favourite flight on our trip was the San Francisco to Auckland before we came back here. Mm. And the new Air New Zealand planes, you don't even have to talk to the waitress you just click the button on the screen and it just this beer just appears <laughs> it's quite amazing strange that the convicts weren't you know that's a, a real statement for the team i think you well, know in terms of its class of, of cal- caliber of people involved we were researching a lot of names for the for the team and um a lot of the you know the kangaroos and the wallabies were all taken and we mm. thought well you know australia has a convict heritage and yeah. uh, that was embraced by just, the boys just embrace it yeah. i like it it was embraced probably a bit strongly on the tours that yeah, went overseas yeah. but uh we were ambassadors uh, for our country as well as mm. as well as the code but look the boys did let their hair down yeah obviously you, you were the uh, father figure on that tour yes did you were you bailing people out of uh, jail or anything they were trying to actually get back into jail well, what was interesting uh, that, that convicts tour because I put the, I put the itinerary together and we got to Madrid. It was our second game. We actually went to play in Spain, believe it or not. And we got to the airport and we exited and they said which way and I was like um, left. left. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go left, boys. And um, I won the download medal uh, that we had that that trip oh, because like it. we keep getting lost uh, while we're in Europe. Oh yeah. See, this is the fun to be had with footy it's around the world. You yep. can get involved with tours and go party and you can turn left and you don't even know where you're going. Just keep turning left. You'll eventually find your way back. <laughs> Do you guys have your own song for the convicts? Oh, yes. Uh, yes, it's it's uh, sung to the tune of uh, Bound for Botany Bay. Bound for Botany Bay. Don't know that one. Not familiar. Is it, is it none of the current footy teams have that melody? No, it's, it was written um, especially because we wanted to have a convict theme. So sure. Bound for Botany Bay is from when the convicts were sent out many, many years okay. ago. It's an original convict song. Did you change the lyrics? No, we did change the it. lyrics, yeah. Okay. Swearing involved? No, uh, no swearing. Well, good. Sexual yeah. innuendo? No, 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 <laughs> no innuendo. Oh, what's the use uh, of that? No, sir, no sexual innuendo. Real yeah. family no, show. Not yeah. real footy. Uh, uh, I, do you want me to sing it for you? Go on. Yeah, in what song? Uh, I'm not a singer. Yeah. Um, we're the convicts, we come from Australia. We're back after 200 years. We don't know the meaning mm. of failure. So bring us your women and beer. Sing into Rulayurulayadi. Sing into Rulayurulayadi. Sing into Rulayurulayadi. We're the convicts, we kicked us today. 
great. So, That's a great song. It's we a great, it. great lead into uh, worst song in the world. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear a mark because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless. You suck indeed. Worst song in the world. In fact, it's actually two songs. This is how up his own ass he is. What's his name? Lewis Hamilton. Oh, no. Not him. And he's made his own song or something? Or what's he done? What are we working with? He's, he's going to release an album. This can't top Serena from last week. It's going to be close. <laughs> See, I never thought in a million years I'd have people following me, you know, fans. I want to share it with them. I want to see what they think. And, uh, you know, my work ethic is exactly the same here as it is when I'm in the racetrack, which just here I can be. Well, Lewis, I'm afraid no matter how great your work ethic may be in the studio, (laughs) you are shit. That second song, that goes for eight minutes, right? He did it live in a New York nightclub, and that 30-second grab is the same. It just repeats itself. And he's there doing it live, eight minutes of just him doing that. And it doesn't change all the way through. I've got got no problem with people wanting to have a bit of fun in the studio and do some stuff, and and you can even put it out there if you want. But don't for one second try and portray yourself as some sort of artist who knows what they're doing, doing something of quality. You know the strange thing is? That's an abortion. He's best mates with Justin Bieber. It should have been an abortion, rather. Oh, hello. Pro-feminist. Um... He's best mates pro with just, choice. Pro choice. He's best mates with Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, good. Yep. He's he get calls him involved. Pharrell Williams a mate. Yeah. Jay Z is apparently involved in it. That first well, track, you know, it's got a little they're bit. They're all actual musicians and singers. Exactly. You know? They're not car drivers. Yeah, stick to driving. <laughs> Normally, Brian, what happens with this worst song in the world is often he'll find something that is actually quite enjoyable, silly and funny. Yeah, yeah. And, ridi- and a bit ridiculous, mm. but kind of enjoyable. Yeah. This is just infuriating. I was torture. <laughs> See, the thing about Serena, I, I thought about it a lot after. Got, I'm sure got you to did. Me, got to me that deep. I did. I listened back to the show, Rob, what, and you were visibly what, what and audibly upset. It's because you're the greatest female tennis player of all time, and you can even you can do music if you want to for a bit of a laugh. But don't go out there and make the main theme of your lyrics just saying how awesome you are. What is that? Hi everyone, I've got lots of money. I'm the greatest tennis player of all time. Yeah. Now you're going to hear about it. Yeah. Via my rap. Don't forget DJ Clue. He was all over that. DJ <laughs> DJ. Well, Rob, which way are you going? Which which is currently number one in worst song in the world? Is it uh, Serena? It's still Serena. It's still by, Serena. Just for the lyric content. I couldn't okay. actually hear a word that Lewis was saying yeah, there. It was just but repetitive. And the, yeah, well, it's more the interview of him talking about him expressing himself, which got yeah. me really angry there. Oh, okay. Yeah, more than anything. Nice.
Brian, do you want to be a champion of the world? Oh, why not? We have many solutions. Beefy we Weekly have. comes up with the way in which you can become a champion of the world. Do you want to hear it? it? Yeah, yeah, far away. I'm all for the ones which involve incredible laziness, generally in a pub. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, you, like that, you like that angle? Last week we had Aunt Sally, which is a pub sport. We are pro-feminist, but the idea is to <laughs> but, throw... <laughs> but, but the idea is to oh. throw a stick at a model of a woman. <laughs> And you have to knock the model of the woman off the pedestal into a wall. Or bar- uh, we've got to uh, actually commend Roger Goodall, who is the new Aunt Sally World Champion. Okay, uh, it was at the Childbury Beer Festival because it is Roger a- Goodall. Consider yourself commended by he- the quality of people. He's a world champion. He is. Anyway, oh, where do you? I was being facetious. Good, you know. It's just that it's, uh, um, it's more that whether he values our opinions or not. Oh, he does. Okay, he he <laughs> tweeted me in the week to confirm that he was the new world champion. By the way. <laughs> Williston in Cheshire. It was last weekend. We missed it, Rob. Oh. We could have got the live stream, but uh, it was held at Williston Primary School. That's how big an event this is. Mm. The World Worm Charming Championships. Worm Charming. Worm Charming. Wow. Well, I know, I know what Snake Charming is. It's very similar. Uh, what? Do you, do you use a flute or do you, you want to use a Turkish pipe? This is, the, uh, this is the premise. You buy a plot of land, which is probably about a metre by a metre, or yep. could be a little bit bigger, two metres by two metres, doesn't matter. just make it... As long as you comfortable with that's exactly right okay. as long as everyone gets the same okay, now you get half an hour mm-hmm. to charm the worms out of the ground without actually digging so you can tap you could play a flute okay you could do whatever you need to do use whatever improvisation you feel is necessary exactly right yeah without physically digging them out and what are the established techniques thus far tapping there's a lot of tapping going on there's implements brilliant tuning forks mm-hmm. apparently are quite useful okay. so they like a bit of vibration yeah did anybody just try asking them just yeah, nicely or yeah, just a bit of a chat. yeah yeah in 2009 mm. the smith family i don't know how many were in the smith family they charmed an incredible 567 worms out of their plot well hang on a sec do they bring the worms or they're just no no of, they're they, in the ground they're in a field they just sort of know that in this field it's a worm it's a wormish field it's a worm habitat or what if you just have bad luck and you don't have a very wormy area yeah. Somebody's got to win. Oh, you should have expertise to be able to ascertain quickly which exactly. piece of grass. Yeah, that's right. But then surely you have to have the same size piece of grass. You can't just go... Yeah. Well, you buy... See, they split the You area. buy it. You buy it. It costs you a couple of quid. Well, this sounds like a sport for the wealthy elite. <laughs> <laughs> so the heaviest worm ever recorded... 6.6 grams mm. was charmed by Mr. J. Overstall in 1987. In 2016, Williston youngster Hope Smith charmed 272 worms in 30 minutes. That's craziness. Yeah. So uh, the competition was last weekend. Refreshments are being provided by Williston's Mick the Chip and the mm. French Connection. There you go, Bri, if you want to do the uh, Global yeah. Lines, get uh, Mick the Chip in. It, well, it, it sounds interesting. It reminds me when I lived in the UK. Do you remember the cheese rolling uh, championship? Wow. Wow. I love cheese rolling. I actually competed in one of the races. Yeah, so I saw the the rolling down and I thought that looks too hard because I'm just going to get injured. So they did a race where you can actually run up the hill. But I said this. Yeah, you did. I said I would rather do the run up the hill. So I entered and uh, it was pretty quick back in the day and I lined up and it was quite wet. It had been raining, of course, it's England. And I thought, I'm going to win this. Yeah. And I said to all the Aussies with me, I'm going to win this, boys. I looked down at everybody's feet. Everybody had a pair of rugby boots on. Oh, yeah. Yes, that would make sense. The way that sort of yeah. To my horror, I thought where I'm probably not going to go too well here, boys. Mm. And I won't tell you what position I came, but uh, mm. this is true. They ended up giving me oxygen uh, when oh, I got nice. to the top. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, I was knackered. Okay, 
didn't win. Okay, so where are we at with the champion of the world? Or is this that's it, world champion? That's, that's, that's the so one. So if you want to be a world champion, see this one I don't like it so much because I can see like a wet, muddy sort of feel. Middle of summer. It's middle of summer. What's the beer factor going on? And oh, uh, they have a bar at the thing. No doubt. No, well, yeah. don't give me it's no doubt. It's a village fair. I've actually got to tell you as well. I'm going to go back to Aunt Sally because it's at the Charlbury Beer Festival. It's a real ale festival. Mm-hmm. The first beer to sell out was from a brewery called the Tiny Rebel Brewery. Which is from Newport in South Wales. Oh wow! So and they've won lots of awards for their for their beer. So big right. ups to the Tiny Rebel Beer right. Factory. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the facts of life. The facts of life. Facts of life. What's on the uh, agenda for chat about this week? I'm going to take you back to Parramatta. Parramatta. What did we have there? We had the pole dancing. Oh, and- yeah. Oh, we're going straight for pole dancing. Straight yes. for pole dancing. We drove um, out of Parramatta. The Riverside Theatre, I think it was called. That was it? it? By the river? It was by the river. Anyway, yeah. we went to the Australian Doubles Pole Dancing Championships. Mm. Wow. Two girls, one pole. Yeah, two poles, actually. It was something with two poles, yeah. You're yeah, right. yeah. It was sort of like synchronised swimming, same idea, but with pole dancing. Yeah, basically. and then they get together and do like pretty gymnastic sort of yeah. moves. Look, one of those things that I watched and like, I would have no chance. The flexibility took a lot, lot of core strength. Not well, yeah, the, the strength was it the just one thing. So annoying that stuff. I just keep imagining like knocking my toes or something like that and banging my knees. And yeah. there was that. that well, girls were all bruised up, as I recall. Yeah, they were. There's a lot of uh, thigh action gripping the pole as mm. well. They, were, they had to have strong inner thighs. But <laughs> the reason I bring pole dancing up, it wasn't a sexual thing either. It was. Strong Strength, nah, coordination, was... and a performance. But it is the World Pole Dancing Championships on oh, this weekend yeah. in Holland. This is in Hertogenbosch. Uh, Hurt, uh, Hurt- yeah. yeah. It's uh, halfway between Eindhoven and Utrecht. Okay. Actually, our mate in Harlem. He probably will go along now so, uh, on our recommendation. Old Dutch fella, if you want to go to the World Pole Dancing Championships, mm. it's on in Hertogenbosch uh, this weekend. So uh, this is what interested me. There's the World Artistic Pole Championships. That's Friday. So on the Sunday... There's the Masters 50-plus final, then the Masters 40-plus final, mm-hmm. the doubles final, the senior men's final. Oh, I was going to... Yeah, well, I thought on, there would be a men's somewhere. Yeah. Senior men's on the yeah. pole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm um, busy that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. And then uh, senior women's yeah. final, and then the World Ultra Pole Championships. Ooh. That's the big one on Sunday night. But yeah, the Masters male 50-plus. <laughs> yeah. Would be quite interesting to see, I think. Yeah, yeah. And see, because the whole thing about the pole dancing, right? Yeah. It's women who, yeah, yeah, they want to get fit and do their moves and stuff. But secretly, the whole plan is they're going to put a pole in the bedroom and do some kind of dance thing. So is it then right that the man will repay the same favour and do a dance to them as well, or will that be offensive? I don't think it'll be offensive. Uh I think it's each their own, though. Yeah, Yeah, right. I normally make a cup of tea. I just made that up completely. I don't know what the hell that was. Anyway. I I, I kind of understand. (laughs) I know you well enough to uh, know that uh, I understand where you were going. How it translated through your mouth is a different matter. <laughs> well, there's the facts of life this year. 
uh, pole dancing. Good luck to them. A global event. Yes, world championship. Um, it's I not. It's not on now. So you want to be a world champion? But I thought the we went well, to the no, Australian. It's not easily done. You can't just yeah. rock up and. Is it on that. a Foxtel? That's, that's uh, a bit insulting. Well, that's a good question. Check your local guides. Yeah. Now we should touch on Brian. There is controversy this week because I've known you for a while now, mm. and uh, I've known your relationship with the, with the actual AFL people. Yep. Now they have released their blueprint for small-sided, short-sided, small-sided, short-numbered Aussie rules. They're going to call yep. it AFLX, yep. which what? some people have thought it might be the new AFL porn channel. It is this seven-a-side mm-hmm. version yep. on a smaller oval field. Are they doing like, uh, like he's Martin Crow doing Cricket Max, and then 2020 comes along and does their thing? You're absolutely spot on. Well, oh, all I can say well, is okay. when we were in the okay. UK, we uh, ran a program uh, played on, on. on soccer fields for uh, British kids called Footy X. Oh. oh. Oh, I didn't know this. Uh, Footy X played on soccer fields, a seven and a nine aside version, uh, a contact and a non contact version. Uh, that took place since 2005, which is uh, many, many years ago. Uh, two years ago, I went into AFL House and pitched uh, the whole concept of uh, Footy Nines and having a seven and a nine aside version and taking it to the world. We also presented this to um, to the Australian government to uh, as a oh, way of um, a way of promoting Australia via a small sided version of the game. Then. Uh, Recently, we have the AFL coming out saying, oh, look at this great idea that we've come up with. Um, I find that very interesting, that claim. This is is big controv. Yes, definitely is. Ginormous controversy here on Five Days of Sport. Fresh. My word. Was the blood boiling? You must have. You must be. Are you have, are you been punching stuff lately? Well, uh, or, I have had a conversation uh, with with a. I won't say who at the AFL, but I yeah. did indicate our displeasure in the sense that if you have an idea that you've come up with, great. But if it's not your idea, yeah. don't claim it as your own. Well, this yeah. is. Is there some sort of copyright thing on this, or infringement, or anything like that? Have you got some sort of claim on in that regard? Or well, we've just we've just gone. It, in. Are they saying it's distorted enough that no, no? Well, this is the standard AFL thing. You say, well, look, we've changed the rules and we've changed this and we've changed that so it's not your concept but you know we took the concept uh, to the AFL in good faith and um, just don't feel that uh, they've been um, honest about um, the origin of AFLX. Now, we don't want to um, uh, whinge about it too much because any footy that's getting played is is great. Mm. All I can say is that if you're going to uh, really make a lot of noise about an idea Mm. that you've created, be honest about it. How do you feel this dilemma being resolved? Uh, How are you you planning to communicate further to try and reach some conclusion? Or is there any future? Do you think there'll be any negotiations? Clearly, it's through world raking shows like this. Mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I thought... I thought about going to the Herald Sun. I thought about going to Channel 9, Channel 10, but I decided this would be the forum. Yeah, this yeah, station good. Here. good. Oh, we so. appreciate it. Yeah, we yeah, appreciate it. World exclusive. Would you consider, you know, if it came down to the point where you're saying, this is my idea, you're opening your offer, I'm going to huge media organizations like us, and they couldn't say for sure, they would, wouldn't relent, would you consider old school challenging them to a duel? <laughs> nice. Actually, that, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I was actually physically... Like Rob Roy. Physically challenged by one of the AFL staff a few years ago over, over a little dispute. You know, I'm happy to go down to... Um, the footy oval back behind yeah. the sheds. Yeah, and so one the, hand on hip. Oh, the, you mean with like with the uh, with the fencing? Yeah, fencing. Oh, yeah, not guns, going, then. not oh, ten paces. Oh, and you, wanted, you could do that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, look, I grew up in uh, born in Amsterdam, but grew up in Darwin. 
And uh, in Darwin, when you had an, an issue, you just go down the back oval and you just punch on. Okay. Yeah, that was the, yeah that well, was that's the good too. Yeah. 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 It would settle things out. You'd, you'd have a bit of, spill a bit of claret and then you'd make up afterwards and everything would be good. And look, it saves a lot in legal fees. Sure. It, it does. Yeah. yeah. Necessary evil sometimes, as Brian is probably going to experience over the next uh, couple of months. Well, oh, you know, look, at, at the end of the day, we'd like some acknowledgement for um, what, we've, what we feel we've... Um, Pioneered in 2005 when we proposed the European Championship. I was in London and I wanted to get the European countries together. There was many countries playing in Europe, and we we knew the 18 aside format just wouldn't wouldn't happen. So mm. we sent out some invites, and we hoping for six countries. Ten countries came to London in October 2005, and we had the first ever European Championship of Australian football, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. It's been going every year since then. It's, it's mm-hmm. getting bigger and better. They now have women's teams involved. There's over 20 teams going. You know, we've worked very hard on the nine-a-side model and on mm-hmm. the seven-side model as well. We've worked on both, and um, we've put a lot of time in, in effort uh, because we know that with the nine-a-side and the seven-a-side version of the games, this is a, the version we can take internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, all we're asking from the AFL was just to show us a bit of respect. I feel like we've just opened a huge can of worms here. I mean, the thing is, now it's on record. It's statements. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It. And if people, this, I guarantee you, this when this does blow up, they'll reference back to this podcast. No, oh, no doubt. You know, as long as they don't talk too much about Chris Gale and oh, no, no. Um, various other yeah, Chris Gale will be ridiculous forgotten. subjects. This this part of the show was actually serious. Everything else was ridiculous, yeah. but this part was not. Well, look, if, if the listener wants to have a look, they can go to our website, which is aflinternational.com. And they can look at what we've done. They can look at Footy X. Um, they can look at the, foot, the seven and the nine aside and see what we've done over the years. I mean, our record speaks for itself. Put many, many, many years into, into the concept. With AFLX, the, the big flaw is is that you've got people at the AFL who don't have any understanding of international football. For, give an example of how flawed AFLX is. They say, let's play on a soccer-sized field, but let's put up portable um, Aussie rules posts. And let's put two 40-meter arcs and we'll mark the field. Now, the whole premise of footy nines is to use the existing posts mm. and to use the existing field markings, mm. whether it's a soccer field, a rugby field, or an American saves football field. It saves a tremendous amount of admin. It, it, saves a lot of, mm. it saves a lot of time, but also, more importantly, these people overseas aren't going to le- let you remove their existing no. posts. They're not going to let you mark their grounds. Mm. But that's because we've been overseas and we've done the hard yards at the grassroots. If you're sitting at AFL House... They'll learn the hard way. AFLX is not going to work internationally. Mm. It's not going to work. Well, Brian, we can only wish you all the very best in your endeavour and hopefully it does work itself out because uh, there's no doubt it's been a a very passionate cause of yours and a a great endeavour, an international challenge, which uh, we do understand an international challenge, (laughs) how difficult that can be to try and get something off the ground like that. Absolutely. Um, Beefy, what's on this week for you? You got much going on? No. Oh, well, it's the second test of the, oh, yes, the, the British, British Lions. Lions. Brit- big- Grew up calling the British Lions now. Mm-hmm. And those crazy Irish just oh, wanted their yeah, own but, little bit of the yeah. uh, Lions what, action. Mean, like the cricket team is England and Wales? Uh, don't get me started on that either. <laughs> They're not the British Lions anymore? No, British they and Irish Lions. And, Irish oh, and like England and Wales cricket team is just, just the England. Lions. That's easier. Yeah. It is. That's yeah. what they're now referred to, just okay. the Lions. So yeah. the second test, it could be interesting the uh, lines have made a couple of changes yeah which is could be hmm there's a very Let's interesting do or die. Ch- oh of course yeah yeah they had showed tremendous potential in the line in the first test brian thanks so much for coming on the show thank you really appreciate it thank you boys uh, 365 days of sport for another week if we gave, it would be 365